Welcome back to another All About Jesus podcast. Today we got uh, Brother Tom Hogan with us. Got to turn the music off. Yeah. <laughs> Pushed the wrong button. Um, yeah, Brother Tom, come back with us, and I'm going to try to have him on uh, more often for just doing teachings, and uh, we just enjoy being around each other. Yeah. Uh, even though sometimes I drive him crazy, he said last week when he was preaching. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> drive a lot of people crazy. Yeah, I'm the only one thought that. <laughs> I got a lot of amens. <laughs> um, today we just uh, going to start off... Uh, kind of talking about the five-fold ministry, um, something that um, you kind of really fell into. Then I've been kind of studying it. we kind of seen how it worked uh, last week, and we'll just uh, have you start us off with a word of prayer, sure. Brother Tom. Yep, I will. Well, Father God, we just thank you for allowing us to gather together here with one another. And Lord, we just pray that as we share the good news of you with those who, who hear that the Holy Spirit will just do a conviction and just, uh, Lord, I pray that it'll encourage people, but also and convict people, Lord, that, that maybe need to draw closer to you. And, and so Lord, we just don't want to say anything that is just our own thoughts or our own feelings. We just want to be your representative, Jesus, and that you would just, uh, speak to people through us, Lord. And every word that we say would bring honor and glory to you and be spoken in spirit and truth. And we pray, pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we'll, uh, I don't know when that was, probably first part of the summer, uh, me and Thane, my son, we got to speak there at the Gilman City Church and just started really kind of working together, and it just seemed right. Then we got to do it again at Turning Point um, two or three weeks ago, and it just, uh, and I remember up there when I was talking, just like the one preacher standing up here speaking, days are about over. It's going to be, we're going into a new season. We're going to see new things. There's more... Um, more that's going to happen and you know just like yourself been a preacher for a long time and there's just been put so much burden on your shoulders and uh, people thinking that you had to do everything that's just not really really fair right so but i think there's just so many other people with so many gifts as you start working in the gifts that uh, has words to say too that we can all just kind of work together but obviously we you know each church needs it's some kind of a preacher or right a leader because right. the churches that don't have one, I know it's uh, difficult to get right. some, get some stuff done. Yeah, yeah. Well, this past Sunday, when me and you and Quentin Willis all, you know, stood up and shared the, the word of God, I, I that week I knew that you had done it it before. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I got to praying about you know the Sunday service like I always do. I start you know seeking God and wondering what I'm supposed to speak on or what message I'm supposed to bring and. I just seen me, you, and Quentin Willis, all three sharing the word. And so, you know, it's like I, I try to do every time is I need to take every thought captive and I need to make sure it's from the Lord. It's just not me thinking this or right. especially since I knew that it happened before. So all week as I'd pray about it, I just kept seeing the three of us sharing a word. And, uh, of course, I'd been studying the prophetic or not the prophetic, but the uh, fivefold ministry and it's like um i had a video sent to me by jeremiah johnson about fivefold ministry where he went to a church um that was i think experiencing revival and they invited him to come and and speak to this particular church and i'd had this sent to me i think by my quentin i say my quentin because my son's name's quentin also and uh 
I keep starting to watch this video, but it's over an hour long. You know, it took some time, and so I'd always get distracted or sidetracked and never did finish it. But I just felt led to go back and listen to this Jeremiah Johnson teaching. And he got to using terminology that we've that God's been showing me in our church. He used terms like new wineskin and God doing a new thing. And he used a charismatic zoo where I've referred to it as a, a circus in our church, you know. Uh, I didn't mean to say it derogatory, and I don't believe he did either, but there was just so much, the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit was moving and God was pouring out his Spirit and there was, you know, God was manifesting in tongues and and healing and other things that's supposed to happen. Right. But the devil was manifesting too. You know, we was casting out demons and everything else. And sometimes I remember telling the church, well, it's messy. You know, we was praying for revival. And now that it's happened, it's like, it's kind of messy. It's, you know, and so it's like, I was trying to learn how to deal with all this that was going on. Anyway, Jeremiah Johnson in this, in his teaching, he said the church was using some of the terms and describing things that, what I've been experiencing in our church. Yep. And, you know, I, I passed the mantle on or to uh, Quentin Willis, who I believed was supposed to pastor, not just because I felt like God was not pleased with me. I just believed that the Lord was showing me it's time for her to do a new thing. And that he was yep. raising not only him up, but his wife yep. to, to be pastors. But, I've always seen America church, I think, like we've all seen it. It's like you've got the pastor that the church hires or they pay their salary, and then the pastor pretty much does most of, you know, all of it. I mean, you may have youth pastors and you have other people doing other things. You have your board and maybe superintendents and stuff. But as far as hearing prophetic word, for the most part, it's been the pastors in the churches. Right. And it's like Jeremiah Johnson was teaching on the fivefold ministry, and I'd heard of that before, but I'd really never studied it before because the Lord just hadn't led me to it. Right. I always try to be led by the Holy Spirit and speak on and yep. and learn and teach the things that God is telling me. And I'd never really checked into it before, but it's really just keeps coming up all the time now. Yep. So I'm going to share a little bit, if it's okay. I'll oh just, yeah, go ahead. I, I'll read in Ephesians where where Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter four, I'm going to start in verse seven. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, we're all given a measure of grace according to the gift that Christ would have us to have. Okay. It says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And I'm going to move on down here in verse 11. It says, And he himself, or Christ himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. And then it breaks it up here, and then it says, and pastors and preachers. So here's the fivefold ministry. You have the apostles, you have prophets, you have evangelists. But then it says, and pastors and teachers. So if you look at the first three there, apostles, prophets, and evangelists, these are people that normally have a calling to go out and do mission work or they go outside the traditional church walls. You know, uh, apostles are those who start churches or they start ministries or they feel more led to go out and 
and raise up churches or, or raise up a ministry uh, because they feel that calling. That's the calling they have to go out and do that. And then you've got the evangelists who are also, they're more led to go out and do the street reach kind of things, to go out and spread the gospel to the world. You know, the people who maybe not heard of Christ or people that you know that's a, in your towns or communities that aren't going to go to church. They mm-hmm. have that strong desire to go out and evangelize to people outside the church. But then it separates it to pastors and teachers. See, these are the ones who God has called and raised up to shepherd the ones that are in the church or the ones that are in the walls, you know, it's because mm-hmm. it's like, well, someone's got to tend to the sheep that's, that's already in the flock, you know. Yeah. And so the pastors and teachers are more or less are, are called to do that. Now, I didn't mention prophets, but see, all of those that I just named are, should be prophets because a, an apostle needs to hear from God because a prophet is someone who hears from God that God will give them a message or God will reveal things to them, mm-hmm. the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, prophetic visions or dreams or just however God speaks to them. And so each one of these people, whether you're an apostle, whether you're an evangelist, whether you're a pastor or a teacher, you need be a prophet to hear from God. Now, some people are obviously called, their main gifting is prophetic, you know, where they actually, that's their main gifting. But I guess I'm, I'm kind of explaining this, but in verse 12, after it names these these five different callings, it says for these, the reason Christ gifts people with these different callings and giftings is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So it's not intended for for one person to do all the works of the ministry. He's called us whatever our gifting is. For me, it's teaching. It's, it's always been teaching. That's my natural gifting. That's kind of where this is where I like to be in my walk with, uh, with the Lord. And my ministry is to be a teacher. But I've been pastoring for 20 years, and I've stood there and said over and over again, which probably maybe offends people or maybe makes people feel uncomfortable because I've stood there and said, I'm not really a pastor. And I didn't even realize that what I was saying even myself. Yep. I just knew God called me and raised me up to lead that church and to shepherd that flock, but it's not comfortable to me. It's not my natural. Yep. It's not what God necessarily the gift he gave me naturally, you know, of course we're all receive. it's all done through the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. all done. Our supernatural gifting is whatever the Holy Spirit equips us with and whatever God gives us to do whatever it is. And all of us use the same Holy Spirit to do whatever right. it is that God has called us to do. We all should be operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. And we all should be operating in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But these are particular callings that I think we was, these giftings that we was born with, that this is the lane that, that I feel comfortable in. This is yeah. where I feel blessed. This is the, where, I, I, this is just for me, you know. Yeah. And so like for you, for instance, I see you being the apostle, and I don't know if you see this about yourself, but I see you being the apostle where you've started the Man Up Ministries. You got the worship house. You purchased the church that I don't know if you're still sure what you're going to do with. 
but I've seen you being raised up and start ministries and possibly even planning churches. But the things that, but you're not equipped to be a shepherd to a particular flock, probably. I mean, I don't no, see I don't you think. doing that, you know. We all have different things that we feel strong with, but that doesn't mean that we can't do some of the other right. ones at times. Well, you have to because God will use, right? He'll use us because we'll cross over on these things. Because everybody's kind of got a gifting or, you know, maybe you have the gift of healing, but that doesn't mean that you don't right. do something else. Right. It ain't, um, and it won't happen. Right. But some, but you, some people you can't get so stuck. I'm only this, and I can't do the right. other stuff. No, and you can't be that. Brother way. Tom, he's got the hands of healing, so I've got to run over and get right. him. Right. That doesn't mean the Lord exactly. can't use you. But uh, see, you don't some want people to get, get in that mindset. Right. You don't want to get this compute, confused with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. Because it's the same one Holy Spirit that works in all of us. Yep. And so you've, so you know, we're equipped to do whatever the work is. It's that's presented before us, whether it's laying on a hands, whether it's whatever it might be, yep. you know, but this is for what this is, is Christ placing these people in the body to do the work of ministry mm-hmm. that one person couldn't do. But it's like, it's where we're comfortable. I think it's where we're feel blessed. And for me, yeah. it's teaching uh, for others. It might be pastoring, you know, uh, for my son, Quentin, you know, for him, I I know it's evangelizing because it's like he wants to go out and do the street reach. He wants to go out, you know, and do the things where he goes out. He's always calling people, checking on people. You know, he's always inviting people to to men's encounters. Like he goes outside the traditional church Mm -hmm. walls to reach people, you know, for the kingdom of God, which is awesome. Praise God. But for like for me, that's uncomfortable for me because it's like, I'm not comfortable going outside door to door or whatever, you know, evangelizing like that where my gifting is more teaching that once people's in the church, then to disciple them, to, to teach and to lead them, you know? And so anyway, doing a lot of talk here, but what God is starting to show me and what Jeremiah Johnson was talking about is maybe our traditional church setting is not what God's doing today. And so, like, say, for instance, you may have a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. And so you come and present that prophetic word. And then I may have a prophetic word. And then someone else may have a prophetic word that we share with the church or we share with the body. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fall on the pastor to be the only person in the church to hear from God. Yeah. You know, because their gifting and calling is to shepherd and take care of the, the flock. But there's other people in the body, in the church, that also hear from God, have prophetic words. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, but here's what what can divide us, though. And that's when you said, sometimes you drive me crazy, and sometimes I may drive you crazy, because you may say, well, don't worry. Because for me, it's like, okay, I need to shepherd the flock. I need to take care of them. I don't want to, you know... Mm you can't be man pleasers. But on the other hand, when you're responsible to shepherd a whole flock, it's like, I've got to think of the well being of the whole congregation. And someone like you might say, Hey, if they don't get it, then let's just go on. You know, mm-hmm. it's, we'll go out there and, and share the word to someone who will. And that's the way an evangelist would probably look at it. It's yeah. like that your focus and, and an evangelist focus would be to go out to where 
you need to go. Whereas a teacher and a prophet, their focus might be, or a teacher and a uh, pastor, well, we got to tend to the flock here. Mm-hmm. And that's why Christ has put us there. And so we're in a unique situation out at Kirkley where when God decided to pour his spirit out and, and he drew us all in there, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other way to describe it other than he drew us all in there because we're, we're all there with all these different giftings and callings. And it's like, I've just lacked maybe the vision or understanding of what God has been trying to do. And now that I see what I believe he's wanting to do, I, I've not seen that before. So I don't know exactly what that looks like because I've seen church look a certain way, but I think God, and I've, you know, I've talked to the board about us, like this is going to, I'm not sure what it looks like, you know, it's like, but I believe that we're a, a team. We're not just, mm-hmm. um, in fact, I'm embarrassed and humbled to say this, but my wife has a friend who says, calls me the rock star preacher because in her mind, no one would come to church if it wasn't for me, you know, and Jeremiah Johnson in that video, he even refers to rock star. He even uses that same terminology as a rock star pastor that those days are over and probably should be because we shouldn't be going to church because of the pastor. We should be going to church because of for Christ, for discipleship, for the love of the Lord. And each one of those, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, here's the thing that each one of us have to keep in mind, that we all need to be representing Christ in whatever it is that we're called to do. I mean, there can't be no pride. We're not representing ourselves. We're representing Christ because he's placed us in the body to do that particular thing, to represent him. If that makes any sense, it's like we all represent him, but we all have been called to do it in a different, different way. I think it's been leading to this way for quite a while. So, I mean, the way the church has always been with one guy standing up there and your crowd there, I mean, I don't know if that's how it was ever meant to be. I mean, nobody really, really knows, but uh, I think, you know, you letting people be able to speak for, for a year or two by now, by giving testimonies and you've let me speak at different times and different people. I mean, it's just kind of like breaking the, the chains to get to where this point is instead of just, it just didn't happen right. overnight. No. It's been kind of revealed to us at our pace. Right. And I'm yeah. still not sure. I, I mean, we're still not where God's wanting to have us, you know, whatever that looks like. Like I said, I still don't see how that exactly looks. I, but, uh, I think I, we're in the right direction and I think it's for sure a, a new season was the ever the season for all the years. Was it right? I don't know. I mean, it worked, right. I mean, it worked to a point, right. I guess. Exactly. But, uh, there's always been, um, apostles and prophets right. and right. evangelists and right. people that just didn't get to get to be used right and the more people it's used and the more people that's involved i mean just like coaching basketball i mean if you have one good player and the rest of them stand around and only depend on him you only right. go so far i mean you right. need a whole team right of people right and i think that's what uh i think that's what we're leading to right and you're right these these 
callings and people have already been in place. You know, you think of the Billy Grahams, who's evangelist. You know, I, I've been to Billy Graham crusades before where, and he was up in years. They had to help him out there, and he sat on a stool, and he shared the Word of God. And then when he get done a, an invitation, I mean, people just poured out of the, mm-hmm. the seats, you know, and, and went to the front of the stage and for prayer. You know, it's like yep. when he called people, people would just come. Yep. And it's like he was a true evangelist where he would go out from city to city, town to town, and, and preach the gospel and then do a, an invitation or a calling, and people <laughs> were led to that. And it's like, you know, someone else, God has used them in mighty ways, but they may not have that same anointing that Billy Graham had to be an evangelist. So um, anyway, I, I'm not sure what that all looks like, but... Uh, was a, that guy was amazing. I mean, you'd look at them old videos. I mean, it'd be like Arrowhead Stadium would be full. I just don't think yeah. anybody today is coming through that I would know of that would fill a stadium up like that in America. Well, I don't know because we're living in different times. I, I know probably the online ministries, you know, there's thousands of people, I believe, coming to Christ through, oh. you know, the... In, I, I don't know the technology, but through the social media, the kind of yep. things, through the Isaiah Saldivar is the first one that comes to my mind, who, who's maybe one of the first to really, uh, probably not one of the first, but one that God's just really using through the social media avenue to just bring thousands to Christ. So I think them guys are good. I mean, we like to listen to them. Maybe it's not as much as some, but... Uh, You've got to be able to get together with other Christians and have fellowship and yeah. get off your phones and right. uh, and uh, so, yeah. but some people just live on the online stuff right. and it's just it's not that it doesn't it's bad but right. you've got to be able to get together with right. brothers and sisters and be able to communicate and talk and, right. and lay hands and well do not forsake the assembling together I think that you right. need to assemble together for the relationship I mean honestly because you know, it's not about religion, it's about relationship with Christ, but it's about relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so uh, the body's not intended to be isolated, and I know social media can bring us together that way, but Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about, you know, being physically in the same place at the same time. Because I've heard people say they watched Kirkley online, and they've been there, and it's just, it's nowhere near the the same. Exactly. You just don't. You can feel the Lord through video, but it's not like no, being there in the actual the presence. No. But and I'm glad you mentioned it because because going back to the fivefold ministry, it's like I already mentioned. I think we've all was brought there, but I've always I've kind of seen us and was been prophesied over us before too as being a pod or a wheel with spokes going out. Or, or I first seen it as a pod with webs going out to connect to other mm-hmm. pods. Or um, Brother James, Pastor James said, you know, he, he used the term a wheel with spokes that connect to other wheels. And it's like, I believe that's what God's wanting to do. It's not, he didn't pour his spirit out on Kirk. I'm not stand, sitting here, people hear this, I don't want you to think I'm boasting or think I'm better than anybody else. For some reason, Maybe it's because we prepared the soil for 
for God to do, for to allow God to do this. But it's like he, he, he poured his spirit out on us, but it's not for us to keep it there. It's, I, I pray that it spreads out and revival spreads out everywhere. Mm-hmm, you know, sure. it's like the, the apostles will go out, you know, Kirkley's maybe the, the pod or the home base, but then the apostles will go out and then the evangelists will go out mm-hmm. and, and then we'll all go out and prophesy or we'll go out just like this podcast. It's an opportunity to share Christ with those who, you know, whatever their situation is, you know, yeah. maybe they don't have a church or don't know where to go, but they come across this on the airwaves here. And it's like, yeah, praise God. That's what this is all about is, right. is to go out and bring Christ out to those who need, who need Jesus. So. Amen. Yeah. Kirkley, I think what maybe got it really started was testimonies went back to, you know, right. the real truth. I mean, right. Sometimes you just need to see somebody that you can uh, relate to. I mean, that's what Men's Encounter done. Right. And, you know, you allowed that to happen at the church. Yeah. And I just think that's what broke a lot of chains, that it just kept leading there. And um, you being selfless, not a man that just had to stand up there and be the only one that speaked. I think a lot of our preachers, for certain different reasons, just won't really allow it to, to happen. So worried that somebody would say something wrong and not realizing that maybe something so great would happen of it well i mean we are accountable and i can't say that everything that was ever spoke at the pulpit you know i i would have maybe just assumed some things not been said you know because i didn't know if it was came from the lord or whatever but you know we overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so not only do the testimonies hopefully encourage others or or at least inspire others that, hey, this person went through something like that and, and God delivered them or, or God healed them or whatever your testimony is. So hopefully it brings encouragement to the, those who hear. Mm-hmm. But it also helps those who who are testifying. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, it helps them to overcome and... and, and Get over so, the fear. Yeah. But as a, as a pastor or... or whatever your position is, the church is the person at the pulpit, I guess, pastor, it's, you're accountable, you know? Oh, yeah, sure. And so it's like, I think we tend to micromanage or, or not want anything said or done that, that we would be accountable for. And so I think that's a lot of it. And so, and I can't say that I just keep coming to this, you know, that if we just keep loving and forgiving, the Holy Spirit's going to bring us to this place of truth. And so we as a body, I know not everything happens is how I would, you know, I I prefer maybe not everything happen the way it happens. Someone else likes one thing and I like something else or whatever. Or I may think, oh, that's off base. You know, that's not of God. And, and someone else may think it is. But if you just keep as a church or as a you know, a congregation, if you keep loving and forgiving each other, the Holy Spirit's going to bring you to a place of unity and truth. But if you're just going to always stay divided, you're always going to be divided. Right. And so it's like, and then you, then what do you have then, you know? So uh, it's just so important for each church and each congregation just love and forgive each other. Right. Because if you don't, you're going to be divided the whole time. I think since we've 
started on the fivefold going down that road and you um, start teaching on it, I think a lot of people are realizing why sometimes we don't get along exactly. is because of our different, exactly. just who we exactly. are. I know Quentin Willis has said that a lot of times, just like, um, obviously none of us get into shouting matches, right. but just like, there's times that you've said stuff, I just like, I don't understand why he's thinking like right. that in the same back, but right. now... When you look and you know apostles exactly. and preachers or whatever they are, right? They just got different mindsets. Exactly. And once we understand that, that can bring unity to us because it's like we realize, well, I'm looking at it, I'm representing Christ, but I'm looking at it right from a different perspective, just like the other person's representing Christ, but they're looking at it from a different perspective. So we're not necessarily disagreeing with each other. It's just that. We just don't understand that this is what this person's called and what God's showing this person, but this is what I'm called to do, and this is what God's showing me. So It's really just like, you know, iron sharpening yes, iron. Yes, I mean, if it's like Jill and myself. I mean, we just think different at times, right. but we'll kind of we can see both sides of it. We just right. had a whole group of people, and everybody thought the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I mean, it ain't that you're going to not do decent, but you're never going to really progress and get any better. Right. So, I mean, it's it's good, and I think it's really good that uh, the teachings that you've been doing um, last Saturday was really good and uh, kind of explaining why some of us think the way we way we think. Yeah. Not to, And that, that keeps conflict down. Right. Just For like, sure. well, that, he's this. That's just how he's, how he's wired. Well. But it doesn't mean we all can't think the same way on – we all got to think the same way on some right. on certain subjects for sure. For sure, yeah, for sure. Well, and the what you're mentioning Saturday for those who's listened to us don't know that uh, it's a ministry training for certification and ordination. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I've done that before, and I discontinued it for a couple of years, but uh, felt the need to pick it back up this year. And so the first three hours is for. Uh, license to preach or speak. It, you could call it lay speaking if you want, but it'd be for someone who who has a calling to to preach the gospel in whatever setting that is, you know. And so that's what we done last week. And so I I use the same curriculum that I'd used in past years, except for what you're talking about this fivefold ministry. Yeah. And so I added all this in this this year as God was showing it to me and revealing it to me it's like I need to add this into the curriculum so for everyone who comes in here that feels a calling to go out and preach the gospel in whatever capacity that the Lord's leading them to do Mm -hmm. that in we need to understand that we do have different callings that God's going to send us different places and have a kind of an understanding of where that is and and how God's wanting to use me, and this is what he's really, this was his plan and purpose for me from the beginning, you know, to walk in that calling. And so I thought it was really good as we talked about it and kind of had an understanding, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense, you know. I think it opened a lot of people's minds up, and I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, and the time it does come out, this Saturday will be. Right. You guys have all missed it. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to so. mess anybody up there. But yeah. I thought it was really good and had a really good group. Then we got to go up there and um, you gave us all a, a verse. Then we got to say just right. a couple minutes of what the Lord had led on our heart. And I right. just uh, just 
some of the, just like training, like this worship house is, I'd got the scripture, First uh, Timothy uh, 4, 7 of, you know, you know, training with your mm-hmm. physical body is good, but training your spiritual mm-hmm. is what we need to be and getting our spiritual yeah. muscles built up. Right. And doing trainings like that, um, I think it's something that's, I don't know if it's been going on forever or not, but I just think it's, that's something new. Right. That just like here at the worship house and just like then we, we really try to get people to get, uh, you know, somewhat out of their comfort zone and really have freedom to be able to do stuff and give more uh, um, chances for more people to do things. Right. I mean, you could have stood there and talked all night, but you let other people speak and right. um, do other things, and that's what builds confidence. Right. If I never speak at anywhere other than, if I don't get to speak at certain things like that, how am I going to go out on the streets and be able to witness to anybody? Right. I wouldn't have no confidence. Right. So um, as us as uh, leaders and been doing it for a while we need to allow other people to be able to speak and really encourage and i mean that's what gets the body going that's what right. gets the team right uh, built up let other people shoot and, yeah. um yeah i just think that's really important yeah well i agree with you and so part of the training is and like you said part of it is to allow everybody an opportunity to mm-hmm. to to actually practice it yeah you know you use basketball as a <laughs> analogy every once in a while will be the same thing you know we talk about what offense we're going to run or what defense we're going to run but we've never practiced it before yeah <laughs> it's like you've got to practice it yeah you know and so people who have that calling or or believe they have that gifting or or whatever that might be this is just, this training is just an opportunity for them to to have a chance to actually do it and and you know, in a setting like that, I know it's not real life setting necessarily, but right. in a way, it kind of is because you give somebody a verse, and the Holy Spirit will inspire them. Right. You know, even though they only have a short period to speak on that particular verse, of course, you was there. There was fourteen of us, and I think we heard twelve different people go up there yeah. and and say whatever the Lord. And it's like it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see God yeah. speak through people. You know just awesome to see somebody that maybe doesn't get to speak that often. They maybe seem a little shy or whatever, and they'll get up there and, and they'll really have oh, a strong, yeah. strong for word. Sure. So for sure, and we don't mean just practice on something. You have to keep it where the Lord is leading and in right. the Holy spirit, not exactly. just practice on something right. to put a, right. Put a show on, but just getting out of your comfort zone. And, and that's part of the training too, is to have the understanding that it's all, the Holy Spirit leads all of it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever that is, you've got to, you got to pray and you got to listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and cause obviously if I'm just standing up there giving some kind of speech, that's, it's powerless if it's just me doing it, right. you know, so the powers and, and it's just like training for basketball. I mean, if you're in your prayer closet and you're praying and you're getting, um, closer to the Lord, you're obviously going to have probably a better chance of standing up and the Lord speaking through you as you just show up, never praying, um, not being in spiritual shape. So, I mean, it, it takes the training on your own, um, to get closer to the Lord. I mean, worship house, man ups, uh, you know, the teachings at Kirkley going to Kirkley, but it really comes down. And I know that both of us really, that's where the Lord speaks to me is in the secret place. Right. And that's where we need to be. I mean, right. you've got to be doing that training um, 
and getting close to the Lord when nobody's watching. Right. That's when you that's when you become strong. Yeah. Well, I know you've heard me say this because you've listened to me preach quite a bit, but I have my encounters with Jesus when I'm alone. And you know, when I'm in my prayer room, my prayer chair, I call it, mm-hmm. and I'm actually in the word. Right. See, I'm naturally a teacher. It goes back to the fivefold ministry. I would natu- I, I'm naturally a teacher. Lord almost always speaks to me through the word. Yeah. You know, almost always. I've, you know, I'll hear people say, well, the Lord gave me a dream or gave me a vision. or And we was talking about this before we got on the air. God will speak to us through many different ways. You know, even through his own creation, he'll speak to us. You know, yeah. if we're open to listen to what, you know, aware of God and listen to what he's trying to tell us or show us. If we abide with him, he'll talk to us all the time or reveal things to us all the time. But for me, as a a natural gifting as a teacher, God almost always speaks to me through words and ideas. So when I get alone with the Lord in my prayer chair and in prayer and meditation or in the word, I mean, there'll be times... (laughs) We was talking about this before, too. The Holy Spirit seems like he, he, I've been crying more here these past two years. It's, it's like it's even increasing. It's like there's hardly a Sunday goes by when I, I experience the presence of God where uh, at church where it's like I, I'll be brought to tears at some point, and I'll stand there and, and you know start to speak the Word of God, and it's like, my voice will start to crack. I'll start to get in tears because it's like the Holy Spirit will come over me. Yeah, praise God. More than it probably ever has before. And I think maybe the last podcast I shared this experience, but there was a, a day where I didn't even want, I was just at one of those, I don't know, I was just spiritually dead. I was dry. I didn't even want to go to prayer. I didn't want to, I was supposed to do a bulletin message that day. And it's like, I didn't want to do it. I didn't even want to open my Bible. That's awful for me to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes our flesh, you know, it's just, I just didn't one of those, yeah. whatever it was, whether it's my flesh or the enemy or whatever. But I finally make myself go in there. This was like right after lunch, probably, or around lunchtime. And I just got in the Word, and I got to praying, and I got to praying in the Spirit, and I just kept bawling and praying in the Spirit and bawling and praying in the Spirit. It's like, what is happening to me? You know, I'd heard of other people say they had an experience where they just prayed in the Spirit for a long time. It's like, I never had that experience before. Yeah. So I'd get in the Bible. This would go on, and then I'd get in the Bible and start to read it again, and then it would happen all over again. As soon as I'd start to read a passage, it's like, Balling and praying in spirit again. By the time this is all said and done, and by the time I got a message written, this was up over six hours. Oh, wow. And it's like, it was an awesome experience, uh, you know. But it's like, here I was so, I, I can't explain it. Here I was so not wanting to even do it, to once I got in there, God showed up. I mean... Mm-hmm. Maybe the devil didn't want that to happen. I don't know what I was dealing with, but it's amazing when you're reading through the Word and just kind of read through something that maybe you've obviously read through before, and you'll read it after this happens. But I mean, it'll just completely I break you. I know it, and you'll just kind of maybe 
read it to somebody else and you're just like, I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but you can't right. believe how that just right. um, just crushed me. And it's right. um, it's it's amazing. Right. And the more you know that closer I get to the Lord, I think probably you too, just being fully submitted to God now, no more coaching or right. other things in right. life. And just right. the closer we get to the Lord, right. the more that uh, the Lord starts digging our wells up right. in us. And the, when you know in the wells and you're digging right. up wells, I believe it's the water that comes right. out of your Right. Out of your eyes. It is right. just, it's amazing. Most of the time I just yell out, praise God for the, yeah. the tears. Amen. Because go a long time, you just don't have any tears. And there's certain things that will happen in your life. You know, somebody passing away or different things. You're just like, see people crying. You're not. You're just kind of like, even when you're not going right, you're just like, there's something not right with me. Right. This is this is not normal. Yeah. Then you just kind of get used to it and you get hard and... um you get hard at heart. It's Lord just He has a hard time yeah. working with you. Well, we've seen the Lord work, me and you both, and we've been together when we've seen the Lord work and people just at the altar or whatever just break down in tears. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I just always believe well, that's healing, restoration. You know, the tears to me represent, right? You know, God's healing and yep. and restoration and. And maybe even some purification or whatever, you know, just stuff that's being released. And, yep. and, uh, so, and I'm not saying everybody has to cry when they have an experience with God, you know, because you might, some people react in different ways. But, yeah, I do believe tears definitely represent an encounter with Jesus in some cases. So, I think everybody that's following the Lord has had at least one time where the Lord has touched him and, They've had tears. That's just something you don't you don't forget. No. no. I mean, I remember back when I was 12 years old, and I would that have got me into heaven. I'm not 100% really sure what that how it all works out. Yeah. I mean, it's praise God that uh, happened right. what happened that happened. But I remember just kind of sitting around that campfire at uh, church camp, and all of a sudden the tears come, come rolling, and um, it's just something you don't forget. Right. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I wanted to kind of go back to something we was talking about earlier, just of when you said we started to kind of change subjects here. We started talking about we started casting out demons at the church. Then we started doing it. Um, some people started, you know, getting together there, and this was happening. Then just all the things that was in the church, you know, the spirits that was there. I mean, chairs started falling right. over. Different things started right. happening. Right. I mean, that's, you know... At Kirkley, we, right. you know, I didn't go, haven't went there for that long, but I mean, a church that uh, believes in Jesus for right. sure, and uh, for them demons to be there right. didn't get them, you know, we had to, the Lord had to run them out of there. Right. I mean, I just think a lot of these church buildings that would be a good place to start is uh, yeah. kind of is that one guy who says their churches are kind of a demon daycare, mm. and seeing that at Kirkley, I mean, I believe it because what we've seen there. Well, we had some experience, and then, and of course, a lot of this is new to me too. You know, uh, whenever the enemy started manifesting, to be right honest, and it's like we had people who, people who had been in the church, uh, God showed them spirit of Pharaoh, the demonic spirit of Pharaoh in the church. We had other things that I believe. And, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but I believe there was 
definitely a demonic assignment placed over us as a church. Mm-hmm. The enemy, I believe, knew that God was about to move, and uh, and God was moving, and it, you know, I just believe that there was a spiritual battle in in the heavenly realm that right. I wasn't prepared for, that I really knew nothing about. Uh, you've mentioned some things that I experienced. Uh, you know, I always the church was always a place of peace for me and always a place where I could go. And, and, uh, but whenever these things started manifesting, I would go into the church and I just, the hair would stand up on the back of my neck mm-hmm. and there was things going on that I just knew that was not right. Something was going on and I'm a, not a <laughs> radical kind of person, you right. know, people may think I am now, <laughs> but it's like, I wouldn't have believed in, you know, I've always believed in demons because the Bible tells us about them, but I wouldn't have necessarily thought about them being in the church or anything. Right. And people's going to think I'm crazy maybe to talk about now, but you're right. We was casting demons out in the sanctuary and then chairs were falling down in the back right. in the fellowship. So I go back there and I've straightened them all back up and I, and I made sure I stacked them tight so that wouldn't happen again, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought, well, maybe they just lose something, cause them to fall, and it happened again. And I had stacked them tight, so there was things going on, and and people was having visions and dreams, and and myself included, that I knew that there was something. I think there was an assignment placed over us that there was demons summoned against us, uh, and yeah. so we had to we had to cleanse the church. Well, I. How my little mind would think it was just like I think the demons have probably just been there for a while. Well, then when you start like really doing what the Lord wants you to do, it just kind of woke them up. It well, just that didn't could be, but I, I like think, it. and that may have been part of it. But and I'm not wanting to share some of the things that I know about it. But mm-hmm. there were some things happened in the church, and I believe that there was it was a result of that that there was things spoken and maybe things. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and so, because the Lord showed me some things that... that uh, My word is, if you go to... If it ha- can happen there, it can happen anywhere. Just a lot of congregations in your church, I mean, you really need to go in them, in them and just really have a real cleansing. Yeah. You know, anoint the doors and just right. really pray through your church because, right. I mean, obviously there's demons and spirits that... Uh, would love to stay inside your church and cause uh, cause havoc. So yeah. I mean, it's it's well, true. We've experienced it. So yep. I mean, and and I've done that in all my homes and my children's homes, and we probably all have where we've oh, yeah. prayed over the homes. We've anointed, you know, I've went over the doors and anointed over the doorposts with anointing oil and pleaded the blood of Jesus. That we, you know, to that's one of the first things cleansing. we did together. We was at my daughter Maggie's yeah. house. Yeah, and they had a. It was kind of a, I mean, something, it, something yeah. happened there and went there and prayed over right. and it's where you'd obviously had done it before and right. just kind of was, you know, took time and mm-hmm. taught us and mm-hmm. went from there. So, I mean, it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't say as I understand it all, but I just know that if you're dealing with something that's not supposed to be there, we need to pray it yeah. out of there. Right. <laughs> there needs to be a cleansing. So. You take authority over it. Right. Not be scared of it. Exactly. And you were saying the Pharaoh spirit. 
um, as I was reading in Exodus, the Pharaoh spirit to me, just as I kept reading, is just kind of like uh, what religion is today. I mean, there's just a lot of times, you know, you tell uh, somebody that's, you know, in tradition um, something, and you, they think, boy, they're going to kind of take a step forward, and they really believe what you're saying, and they're just their faith is growing. Then you no more come back the next week, and they step back the other way, just like Pharaoh would do to Moses. I mean, he would be like, stop, then, you know, the plagues would stop, and all of a sudden he was right back to what, what he was doing. I just think that spirit is, or just reminds me a lot of what religion and tradition yeah. is. Yeah. The Pharaoh spirit that I'm talking about seem to be connected with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Pharaoh, you know, had the firstborn killed, and so yeah. the Israelites put the blood of Christ to cover their door so the plague angel of death wouldn't come right. over their home. And so it seemed to be, you know, it had the connection with our children because our children, I mean, they're on fire for the Lord too, many yeah. of them, you yeah. know. And it's like uh, the devil don't care how old or young you are. Right. You know, that he has no care in his heart for for any of us, and he'll destroy our children if he can. So yeah. it seemed like uh, so we had a conscious effort to pray over our children and and to cast out anything right. any assignment over them or any curse or any word spoken over them or any demon that uh, yep. had been assigned to destroy them so we was praying over that and right it's like uh, the kids the battles you know kind of remember back when you was younger just the the battles we had not even really right knowing anything right. just what they're going through now of being right. uh being a Christian, being uh, ridiculed, and just yeah. uh, and just the technology and the devil after him. I mean, they're really it's a really hard battle being a right. being a child today. Yeah. Never was easy, but it's no. not got any easier. No, but I see how these kids of their walk with the Lord and the anointing that they have. It's like I had nothing. Like I mean, I was raised in church, but. These kids can pray during a Sunday worship service, just an anointed prayer, you know, just speaking mm-hmm. the Lord's heart, you know, through the Holy Spirit. It's like, wow, it just amazes me. Like, through in front of the whole congregation, they'll just... I couldn't have stood up I there and prayed. Have, I couldn't have done Gee whiz. at all. And it's like, but with that comes, like you said, there's a battle yeah. that comes with that. But that's the days we're living in. Yeah. You know, people that's been in church, like me, I, I'm 61 years old. I've been in church all my life. And I'm talking about things now. Me and you are talking about, you know, spiritual warfare and demonic activity and things that, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have talked about it at all. You know, it's like, uh, that's not, you know, whatever. It's not that I didn't necessarily believe it. I don't understand this as Christians sometimes. It's like, here it is, it's in the Word. Jesus was dealing with these things. Right. And why did we not talk about it, or why wasn't we dealing with it? But we're living in times now where the devil's not hiding anymore. It's like he's, he's, right. in, he's in our face. He's in entertainment. Every time you turn your TV on, it's like it'll just be blatant openly in your face. It's like, right. I don't know if he just is so bold that he believes that he can, he's, here in America anyway, that he can just do it now because it's going to be accepted. 
or if the days are getting so we're getting so close to his time's about up and he knows his time's about up so he's being yeah I don't know his strategy but it's like he don't even hide anymore it's like you know and so it's like but God's bigger than that yep you know no weapon formed against God's people is going to prosper you know and the blood of Christ is more powerful than anything and nothing's happening that God doesn't know is going to happen so it's like you know, me and you can be on the air here and people hear and say, oh, this sounds terrible, but it's not because God's still God. He's still on the throne. Christ has already done everything on the cross he needed to do. He shed his blood. He sent us the Holy Ghost. We have power and authority because Satan's under Jesus' feet and we're the body of Christ, so he's under our feet too. Amen. So we can sit here and talk about the devil, but I don't want to give him too much credit because I that's why the in the name of Jesus are... we can cast him out. Right. I think Christian people are getting more bold too. I mean, right. The devil might be, you but have I have to. I think that us as a body is getting more bold. We're getting more knowledge. We're we're learning more. We're stepping into our um, gifts and right. things we're doing. So I think that uh, um, it's not only him; it's it's well, us. So well, I see us going back to the early church. Yep. Quite honestly, because it's like you can't be complacent anymore. You can't. Uh, not that we ever should have been, but you know you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. And right. it's like it's just, of course, that's lukewarm. You just can't be there anymore. So um, anyway, times are different than when I was younger. So yeah. I mean, obviously, the churches have still got a lot of lukewarm people. But I just, you know, as I just said, I just think we just got a lot of Christians. It's just gaining strength, right. you know, in the Lord and Praise getting God. more on fire. And I just believe the there's a revival that's Amen. coming. There you I go. mean, it's going to be a big revival. Is I mean, we've be the, seen it starting. Yep. And I believe, and I haven't said this for a while, but as you say that, God's raising up a true and faithful church. Yep. And I don't believe, it, well, I know, it doesn't matter what name's above your door on your church it doesn't matter your denomination none of that matters it's just he's raising up a true and faithful church yeah that's going to be obedient repentful surrender to him say yes lord whatever you know i'm all in right and so uh, and that's not easy it's not easy at all right and it, we're all a work in progress and none of us me and you for sure aren't where we need to be yet oh no but it's like you know, we just love the Lord. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm all in, you know. And and I still struggle with the things in this world because that's, I've lived in the world, you know. Right. For just like I know I've heard your testimony, and you have too. We've all right. lived in the world, and it's hard to come out of. Yeah, you just kind of go along. You're going good. Then you're just all of a sudden kind of got a foot back in the world. But the more that you're in the Word, the more that you're in your secret place, it does get easier exactly. and easier. I mean, the spiritual battles when we first turned our lives back over to the Lord there a couple years ago, whatever. I mean, I just remember asking Jill, like, I don't know how to fight this. You right. know, then you start memorizing some scripture right. and doing stuff. But now, as we've trained and got more into it, you know, you see it coming. Right. So, I mean, just kind of encouraging word to anybody that's struggling. If you'll stay right. in the word, you'll stay in prayer. Yeah. It's going to get easier and easier. Then right. you'll never want to go back right i mean there is nothing else than following 
Jesus. Even right. on the bad days, oh, there's yeah. just like there's nothing else. Right. There's no reason to try it. And on the good days, there's obviously there's nothing better than this. Yeah. I had a friend that got to come over um, sometimes last week or something, just got to sit there and talk. You know, we talked about some worldly stuff for a while about football. Then just got to just start telling him the things that uh, that I've been doing because I hadn't really got to speak to him about it. And then just I just remember the whole thing when I was telling Jill, you know, what we was talking about. I just the main thing I was talking about is just what amazing life this really is. Just mm. the happiness and the joy right. and just like it's just it's just amazing. I just hope that uh, someday that you just want to to experience it. And, you know, maybe going to some of the churches, you're probably going to be a little harder to experience it. It can happen, mm-hmm. but you've got to go to a Kirkley Chapel, a Turning Point, a, a Men's Encounter, a, a Man Up, or something, and just and just try it and just get in the presence of God. It is just so different than mm-hmm. you can ever imagine. I mean, all the drinking and all that stuff, I mean, it had some kind of entertaining value, but right. it's not like praying over somebody and, um, seeing them get healed or maybe somebody come up to you and something you've done for them. It's just like it, it really helped them out. There's nothing like that. Right. It is such an amazing life. And how I got to start talking to the fellow was the first thing I brought up to him was just by doing some deliverance, just kind of telling him some of the things I've seen and done to where you might think that would be kind of a rough place to start with somebody that maybe hadn't seen much. But people are interested in that. Right. I mean, we've... I think the churches have, don't want anybody to see that because they don't want them to think they're they're crazy and they'll run people off. But people are attracted to the presence of God and what the miracles and things that God is doing, and they need to hear about it. It's not going to scare them off. Yeah. I'm going to say this out of love, and I pray that the Holy Spirit's <laughs> telling me to. But when you when you read in Jesus' time and you read about the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and you know how Jesus said, I didn't come for those who, uh, I came for those who need a physician, you know. And it's like it was the the sinners and the, the, the ones that were hurting and the ones who were sick and the ones who need, knew that they needed a, a, a Savior, knew they needed a Messiah. They mm-hmm. were the ones that were open to, to Jesus. And I, I don't say mean to say this offensively, but... We as a church, I'm concerned, have kind of got to that same point where it's about our religion and we're not open to to Jesus. We're not open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're not open to this movement. We're not open to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're not open to revival. We've been praying for revival. We wanted revival. But then when it came and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it's like, you know, it's not what they... Expect, and I think when we was praying for revival, we thought, well, there'd be more souls saved, but there's so much more to the kingdom of God than that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who need delivered, there's people who need healed, there's lives that need restored, and it's like the people that are desperate seeking for for help are more open to what's going on than than people who's been in church often. I mean, that's sad to say, but it's almost like we've, the church has almost became the religion of Jesus' time, almost became the Judaism Mm -hmm. of Jesus' time where they wouldn't accept him or what he was doing, but the people who were desperate for him would. And I'm going to share this, and 
because I know for sure I'm supposed to share this as you was talking. You know, Jesus had many disciples when he was, he had multitudes following him. You know, he would just, uh, he'd been performing miracles. He had multitudes following him, but he knew some were following him for wanting to see miracles or for selfish reasons or whatever. So when Jesus started teaching that you've got to eat my body, you've got to drink my blood, you've got to, you know, this was, it says this was such a hard thing for them that uh, many turned away. And so what Jesus, of course, was teaching them a spiritual lesson that you've got to take me in fully. Some of you are not. You're just, you know, you're just following because you want to, you know, you want me to feed you, you know, or whatever. But then he turns to his other disciples and he says, well, what about you guys? And Peter says, where else am I going to go? We've come to know you as the Messiah, you know, and so where else am I going to go? And it's like, I I'm just believe that's where me and you are at. Yeah, that's what. And others, too. It's like, we've seen else. what the world has. <laughs> yep. You know, we, even when we were saved when we was young, we, we went out and seen what the world has. Right. Praise God that we've came to that, kind of like the prodigal son that came to his senses. It's like, where am I going? This right. is going, this ain't going nowhere. Right. And it's like we came back to Christ, and it's like, where else am I going to go? I mean, the devil's tried to do a lot of things to try to discourage me and to cause me to quit walking with Jesus. And and uh, I know I'm probably talking to people that's the same way. The devil's really worked hard on you to try to get you to t- discourage and to quit walking with the Lord and to get back in the world or whatever. But where else? Where else is there to go but to the Lord? Right. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to say this, I believe, with all confidence that, that I'm not going to go anywhere else. You know what I mean? Right. I, I'm going to stay with Jesus because where else am I going to go? Because I know he's the son of God. I know he's my savior. I know he's my Messiah. You know, and me and you are sitting here. It's like, it's amazing that we're sitting here. Yep. You know, that God's brought us to this place and we both love Jesus. And we're Amen. talking to other people that do too. Right. And it's like, where else are we going to go? And if we're talking to someone on the airwaves that haven't accepted Christ as their Savior, there's no better place to be than with Jesus because the world has nothing else for us. Right. I remember just having some different struggles through this summer, you know, and and everybody kind of probably runs through things in their mind, like they'd maybe rather be doing this or that. And I just, I told Jill, just kind of like what we're saying, kind of like what Peter said, I I have nowhere else to go. This is, this is it. Right. I've tried everything. Right. really sucked <laughs> well it's just like you said you was talking to your friend you know you talked about football you talked about some other things but when you talked about the lord there's something in your heart i mean your heart now has become as christ and right. so it's like those are the things we're passionate about now mm-hmm. you know the other things are good I, I'm, I mean god has created this and we're blessed with what god you know i like to go hunting and i like to do things that but it just can't come before Christ because then it becomes an idol. Right. As long as I keep it in perspective and, and God has blessed us with all these things. Yeah. But it's our heart really has become Christ. I mean, it needs to continue to be because we're still a work in progress. But, but our hearts have become like Christ's heart. And so it's like, you know, football, that's all nice and all that stuff's okay. But we're really passionate about Jesus. 
And so that's where our true love and heart is, just to get to share him with others. Right. Yeah, it's just that kind of explaining to him in a way that, uh, like if you're a hunter and uh, you want to kill a deer or you want to find the presence of God, you don't go down in the middle of Kansas City. You go where the deer's at in the timber. So, I mean, sometimes you need to go where yeah. where the Lord's at, where the real presence right. is at. Right. Not, you know, a lot of the local churches, you just, you got so many agendas and different things they go through. Sometimes the you don't feel the presence of God. But if you really want to, you need to go to Men's Encounter, Kirkley, and Turning Point, like I said, and just, just experience it and uh, go, where the, go where the deers are at. Right. And to encourage people, because I always feel like, I don't want to sound boastful or if, like I'm better than anybody else, because just because God's poured his spirit out doesn't mean that I'm any better than anybody else or our church is any better than anybody else necessarily. And I want to encourage others, but what started it is you really want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit or you really want to see a revival what started it was, first of all, if the Bible says that that's the way it is, mm-hmm. the whole thing, the whole thing, not just the message of salvation, that's awesome, and that's the most important thing because the saving of souls, we don't want anybody to spend eternity in hell. God doesn't want anybody to spend eternity in hell. So the most important message in the Bible is salvation through Christ. Mm-hmm. But that's eternal life. But the Bible says he came to bring us not only life, but abundant life. Well, the abundant life is what we have here in Christ. Yeah. And to have power and authority over the enemy and you know everything that the enemy does to rob, kill, and destroy, we have that power and authority. I just want to encourage churches or ministers or anybody that's listening what really, I suppose, done it was number one, just believe the, the Bible says it, just believe it. Mm-hmm. And number two, just start being led and operating in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Just small steps or whatever. Because I'm in a Methodist church, I was raised in a Methodist church, and I'm not attacking a Methodist church, but it got to where there was less than 10 people coming every Sunday. So they went out and asked a retired Pentecostal preacher if he would come and just fill the pulpit every other week or whenever he would. He said he would. He started preaching the full gospel. He started operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gently, kindly, not in your face, not rudely, but he just had a gift of faith. And then once that started happening, then the church started growing because God started pouring his spirit out even then. It just took a long time, and we're not where we need to be yet. God's been, God demonstrates the fruits himself in, in patience and long-suffering and kindness and gentleness, you know. God's been patient with us and, and gentle. I, I Maybe I'm rambling, but if I had not experienced the actual operations and working of the Holy Spirit, I would not have known what it looked like and we would still be operating the way we were then. And I'm not saying that we're better. I'm just saying that God has blessed that. That's a good way to say that it's like you've prepared the soil, you've planted the seeds, and now God's watering it. 
He's pouring into it, and we're seeing it produce fruit. And so I just want to encourage. One thing for sure that I know that you did is you knew as much as you did at the time when we started, and that's what you was talking and preaching from the the pulpit. He's like, I believe in this stuff, and this is how this works, and let's, you know, I believe in healing. Anoint you with oil and prayer, then you... As you, you know, obviously you didn't know as much about demons as right. now. Right. But you keep, when you'd learn about it and you'd find out, you would right. tell us. Right. And there's so many people that stand up there at their churches and they don't ever teach on it. And I just, I just think that's pretty dangerous to them. If you don't know, um, you probably should. And if you do know and you're not teaching your people, um, that's just not right. And you got to let the Holy Spirit in and let people be able to see this stuff because... Say if it's deliverance, there may be somebody in each one of the churches, if they believed in it or even heard about it, they got delivered, all of a sudden they might be that spark plug that gets the church going. Is Kirkley special and Turning Point special? Yeah, but it doesn't mean it can't happen in all these churches. I mean, there's plenty of people and Christians and that could fill every church building in That's this place. What God but you wants. got you gotta allow the Holy Spirit in, but you gotta be able to tell your people about it. I mean, I went to church for quite a while, and I'm sure other people are the same. It's never even heard none of that stuff. So I really appreciate you for teaching us, even though you didn't wasn't a master at it at that time. You taught us what you knew right. and uh, gave us and let us all start building on our right. own. So, I mean, what you knew, you was telling us. You wasn't keeping things from us, worried that you would run us off. You stepped right out in faith and boldness, and this is what I believe, and... um and it just started snowballing to what it is now. Obviously, there's been some few problems, but uh, oh, yeah. we're going in the right direction. Well, I pray that we are. I mean, that's because that's my heart. I just want to be obedient to the Lord, and I certainly don't want to be saying anything false, doing anything I'm not supposed to, but uh, I just want to be obedient to the Lord. Uh, I mean, if you're a preacher today, and there's, you know, all preachers know probably things they shouldn't say, but they're afraid to offend somebody, maybe afraid they would lose their job. And if you're a preacher and you won't say the complete truth because you won't want to lose your job, but the Lord wants you to, that's obviously saying you don't have enough faith in God that he would get you another job. And maybe preaching is maybe not your thing. If you don't have enough faith that uh, to do what the Lord wants and he'll provide what you need in your, in your life. Yeah. I, I don't know, because I'm certainly not going to judge others. And I was in, I mean, I, I was raised in the Methodist Church, and I don't want to say this because I'm not bashing denominations, and I've spent most of my young adult life in a Baptist church. I'm just thankful that I had an experience for five years under, I, he was mentoring me, and I didn't know it, but he was a Pentecostal preacher. I've always kind of said part of my testimony, I say this tongue-in-cheek, but it's partly true, I found God in a Methodist church. I found Jesus in a Baptist church, but I found the Holy Spirit back in the Methodist church through a Pentecostal preacher that I started mm-hmm. at. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of putting things, I understand that's kind of simple and kind of not exactly the way it worked. But it's kind of true, too, because I did learn about God. You know, I'd, le- I'd learned about the Bible. I learned about the Bible stories, you know, and all that Praise God. I'm thankful that I was raised in a church. I'm yeah, thankful for that. 
and I had that background, and I believe I was probably saved in a Methodist church before I even realized, understood exactly what that meant. Maybe I wasn't because when I started going to Baptist church, I, you know, I really learned about salvation. I really learned about Christ and, and uh, at another level, which was awesome. And so if I wasn't saved before, I was then, I believe, because then you know, I rededicated my life or I went forward at a youth event and said, I need to you know, be saved or give my life to Christ. And so I was sincere, and I believe I was. But I just never surrendered to his lordship. I didn't understand. I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. To be honest, yeah. I knew that we received the Holy Spirit and, you know, that's about all I knew is the Holy Spirit was our guarantee of our salvation and that all of us received the Holy Spirit when we received Christ because Jesus come to live with in our hearts and, 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 you know, so he sends the Holy Spirit. That's all I knew. Yeah. And so I start going, my, my mom says, there's a guy out here preaching because she's one of the few that was still going out to the church and she said there's a guy out here preaching you need to come listen to and he was talking about laying hands on his truck and it would start or he would talk about praying over this or that he was talking he was in the jail doing jail ministry and he said the guys that wouldn't come out I just was preaching louder so they'd hear the word you know and it's like I had never heard anybody with such a faith that you know in fact, I remember looking at my oldest son, Dylan, when he was talking about laying hands on his truck. And to be honest, we thought this guy's off. He's, <laughs> you know, we thought he was probably a, a nut or something. Yeah. And because we hadn't heard anything like that before. Right. But his gift was faith. The Bible says it. He believes it. Yeah. He believed that, that God had authority over even the elements. Yeah. I'm wondering if we, if we truly, a lot of us think, well, God has he has control over even the elements, everything God has. He's created it. He's made it. Even the physical elements he has control over. Why can't he, why couldn't he do something that that truck would start? Right. You know? And it's like, I'd never seen that kind of faith before. And so, but we just kept, step, kept going back because there was something drew that. And then it's like, once I got to know him, it's like, this guy's sincere. He's He's real. He's got something that I've never had or seen before. Right. I'm just thankful that I had that experience. Amen. But uh, anyway, it's because the Lord's still, still working like that. I mean, He's still doing miraculous miracles and signs, and obviously, like you said, salvation is the number one thing. I mean, the guy on the cross. I mean, that's all he got to do. He didn't get to lay his hands on nobody, but he got salvation that day. That is the number one thing. Sure. But after that. There's so, so much right. more. There's such an abundance right. of life right. and working in the stuff that you have taught us, the gifts and different things is uh, just more tools in your toolbox. You, right. You've said that to where you can help other people, right. other Christians right. that's maybe lukewarm. You, you don't know who's lukewarm just that, uh, you know, you lay hands on him and this or that happens and he's not the one that starts something. So. Right. There's just so much more than just salvation and going to church and checking the boxes and kind of being part of, you know, going out and maybe building a deck for somebody or something. There's just so much. It's just, it's amazing. Just the things that uh, the Lord would allow us to even be a part of, to be able to 
even see. So, right. well, you mentioned doing some of these other things, and and we was talking about the fivefold ministry. These are people that are called to a special calling, as far as prophetic calling to to preach the gospel, or you know, or whatever. But there are all kinds of other ministries in the church, you mm-hmm. know, for people who build decks, for people who are board members, for people who are superintendents, for people who who have these other callings because and they're just as important. Right. You know, and and but whatever it is that you're called to do, you're representing Christ. Right. If you're a board member, you're representing Christ. If your ministry is help helping the those who can't help themselves, then do it representing Christ. Right. And but see, not all are called to the same thing. If I was called as as a helps to do, say, help with the uh, funeral lunches or something, I mean, that's hugely important. Right. You know, to minister to people and show Christ's love to those who demonstrate the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But then the, those in the fivefold ministry have that other calling. In, and that's what we was talking about earlier. So all these things are important in the yep. body. You got to have them all. They all got to work together. Because I'm guessing you probably wouldn't, you wouldn't be led to make a funeral dinner. Right. I'm guessing. You know. Yeah, but I can't think. Well, I'm an apostle. I've done this. I can't do that. Right. Because or, it's the same know, like, Holy Spirit. If you had to do it. God would equip you to do it. Oh, yeah. Just or like you a, should do it. Because if you've done it with a bitter attitude, because, well, no one else would do this, I guess I'll have to. You right. might as well not do it. If you're a prayer partner and that's your thing is laying your hands and praying on people, don't think that you're not capable of going and exactly. serving food. If you're back there serving food, right. don't think you're not capable of laying your hands right. and praying on somebody. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean to make it sound like these five are more important because they're not. You know, I've always made it a point that if we have fellowship lunches or anything, I always want to go last. Or if we're, if there is a work project, I always want to be mm-hmm. one of the first ones there and one of the last ones to quit, if at all yep. possible. If we're doing something that I'm even capable of doing, you right. know, some things I'm not. But it's like, just like Christ had the servant's heart, you know, that's the same heart that we need to have no matter what we're doing. We're serving other people and we're serving the Lord. So, right. Yeah. We just all got to, you know, we're stronger, you know, maybe you're not a three point shooter, but the only guy open and the game is at the end and you're standing out there and <laughs> you got to take you, it. You got to shoot. <laughs> you got to take it. <laughs> you got to take your, you know, we just got to have confidence in the Lord because yeah. we're nothing special. Right. Exactly. I mean, geez, it wasn't that long ago. He wasn't, I wasn't special at all, but, oh. um, yeah. I never think that you're not special or somebody's better than you or right. you can't pray like this person or whatever. Just just put it put it in the hands of the Lord. Right. Stay out of the road and just right. let him work. I mean, right. see what happens. Right. And it's also why we can't compare our walks with the Lord to other people's or we will get discouraged and frustrated, you know. Yeah. Some of the best testimonies I've heard, Quentin Willis was one of the first ones I heard where he said, I always compared my walk with others, and he was always discouraged, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, some people got it all together, whatever. None of us have it all together, right. you know. It's just this is the place we're at in our walk with the Lord right now. Some of yep. us may be a little more mature than others because we've been at it longer or whatever, or, you know, maybe there has been more obedience or more surrender that other people ain't quite there yet, whatever. 
the main thing is you got to walk with the Lord and he's going to continue to, right. to walk with you and bring you to that place you need to be. So, Amen. Uh, I was going to read this, some out of here real quick. Yeah. Um, the Lord's just been kind of showing me that, you know, right before he went to heaven here in Mark 16, um, probably 15 through 18, it was kind of the last thing that he told us to do. It would just be like before we left home, um, we told our, you tell Quentin and Dylan and Braden to do something, them last things you tell them are kind of what you're expecting them the important to do. Things. I mean, we've taught them, you've taught them a lot of other stuff, but when you leave, we like get the room cleaned up and do some things like, you know, that's the main thing that you would like to see them get done when they get, when he come, when you come back. And they didn't, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. 17. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. So pretty much says these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. And you kind of read that as, you know, you're a father. It's kind of like if you truly love me and want to listen to me, you know, you will cast out demons. Right. You will speak a new language. You'll be able to lay your hands on the sick. Right. So if you're a true Christian, um, are you really doing these last things that he told us to do? And I know it's all new, but I just believe that we all need to start really seeking i mean even deliverance we like to talk about that on this podcast but it's there's no way to do deliverance for me unless it comes out of love just sitting there with somebody and going through it it's all love laying your hands on somebody i mean all this is taking time from doing things that we used to do it's all all love as i've been trying to memorize chapter 13 of first corinthians and i'd recommend that to about anybody is just uh, we cannot do anything without love Yep. And if you truly love Jesus, these are the things that he asked us to do exactly. before he went up with his father. Exactly. I mean, we was talking about the gifts. You mentioned deliverance, those things you just read. Without love, you know, you can't minister to people without love. I mean, you can try it, but... They can tell. Uh, yeah, and it's like, it's the most important. You know, you mentioned Corinthians and... I think it's the first verse in chapter 14. It says, pursue love, you know, that of all the gifts and everything, pursue love. So, uh, and we talked about before we got on air, that's really why me and you's on here. I mean, it's because we love the Lord and we love other people. And uh, so that's that's what it's about. We'll check you here on That's not the first verse. <laughs> You're in Romans. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I may be wrong still, but I think chapter 14, verse 1, it says pursue love. Yep. Check the preacher. Yeah, check Let on me. Let love be your highest goal, but you should always also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. prophesy. Well, uh, this has been an awesome podcast. Brother Tom, we're going to have you back uh, more often. Um, there's just so many things to, to-
discuss yeah. and just uh, um, just uh, love being around you and just really glad you come out and um, do this. Um, say again, every Wednesday night at 6.30 here at the Worship House, we just get together, uh, we pray and we worship and just uh, really try to encourage people to just to really have freedom in the Lord to be able to just do maybe some things they haven't always done. We pray over each other, we sing, we... Uh, Sometimes there's a word spoken. There's something different every time. It's just amazing when you let the mm. let the Lord lead without any kind of uh, any kind of agenda. And I know uh, I'm not sure when it will start, but we're going to have uh, starting out of just a week of prayer, just getting together. Maybe just maybe there will be a bunch. Maybe there won't be, and just and just praying, just in a, a circle or however it is, and just uh, asking the Lord to come in. I'm not going to cap it off at a week if it goes. Uh, longer we know that it's going to lead into something uh, very special and we'll uh, get back with you on when that's going to start um thanks again brother tom we'll have you um pray and uh we'll uh see y'all next time well father god we just thank you again for this opportunity to gather together here and me and brian and just to 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 share what's on our hearts that you've laid there lord and and Lord, I pray that as the word went out over the airways, that it was encouraging to people and, and thought-provoking. And Lord, we just want to give you glory, we want to give you praise. And, and Lord, we just pray that there would be souls saved and, and lives restored and, and people delivered, Lord, from the things that they may be going through. And we just give you the praise for it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening.